is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It is the final regular season version of Talking Cowboys of 2021. Welcome into 2020, or actually, I guess it was 2020, but now it's 2021. But either way, we're mixed, matched, and mumbled because the Cowboys season came to a close yesterday, 23-19, to a Week 17 loss to the New York Giants. And if you're frustrated, Cowboys Nation, we're right there with you. And we're going to break things down about what happened to the Giants and how the Cowboys ended the 2020 campaign with a 6-10 and record. But first, let me introduce the crew, as always, for one final time, at least regular season-wise. We'll get into the offseason coming up next Monday, but alongside our resident Super Bowl champion, Isaiah Stanback, Cowboys insider Rob Phillips, and our professional football analyst, Heckma Harrison, with you, as always. But, gentlemen, first off, Happy New Year. I haven't seen you guys since uh, 2020. It's kind of crazy to talk about, except for you, Isaiah. I saw you yesterday, so a little less of a Happy New Year. I saw you a couple hours ago, buddy. Yeah, exactly. You saw me yesterday, too, Kyle. Oh, that's true. I did see Rob yesterday as well. But, Heckma, happy He, for, he happy forgot about you, Rob. Don't worry about it. Mm. Um, Happy New Year to you. (laughs) But uh, it wasn't necessarily a Happy New Year for the Cowboys as I I, want to spend the first segment kind of breaking down this game. The second segment, we're going to kind of look at the biggest needs going into the offseason. And the third segment is going to be kind of a hodgepodge of what happened between Washington and Philly. And was that okay or not? And we're going to kind of talk about a lot of things throughout the course of this show. But let's start with the Cowboys and the Giants. Rob, what did you see yesterday that kind of stuck out to you? Because I felt like after three weeks of getting complimentary football from this football team, it was not so much yesterday. Yeah, uh, Heck and I talked just before the show started about how, you know, an NFL season is a roller coaster ride. And when you get done with it, it's like, okay, it just stops suddenly when the season's over and go find your parents, like Heck said. <laughs> and, it's, and it's even more so this year where you get off this ride and you're dizzy because uh, th- this, this season was like no other. And to your point, uh, a lot of guys said it after the game. Mike McCarthy said it. The game itself Sunday was a microcosm of the entire season in some ways, where rough start, sloppy start, nothing went right, not complimentary football like you said. Second half of the game, like the second half of the season, you kind of get it together, but it doesn't end well. And that's th- this Cowboys season will be remembered as hopefully the strangest season, the strangest season that we've ever seen, and uh, and one that, a team that fought through a lot, but ultimately wasn't good enough to win games consistently. 0-6 against teams that were winning records teams this season. That's that's how it ends. Ekma? Hey, uh, hey, Rob, I, I call it emotional stamina <laughs> to, get right. this se- right. to get through this season. Um, man, it, it was one heck of a year. And to go 6-10 and 10, and obviously the last game still be in it just as indicative of the kind of year uh, that it was. But this game, it, it was like the ghost of Christmas past coming back to visit us on defense. 
not being able to set the edge, blown coverages in the secondary. When you talk about our offensive line, just, man, uh, New York, the New York Giants beat us up at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 whether it was missing assignments or whatever it was, or if that was the actual call that let Leonard Williams just come free on the quarterback, I don't know. But at the same time, it was just all of those things that we had been seeing over the season that has plagued this team. And, Look, I know that they fought They fought all the way through, and it was probably one of the hardest seasons for them to get through professionally, but I'm sure all of Cowboy Nation would echo those sentiments exactly because it was one of those seasons that was, I would like to say, is an outlier uh, because of COVID-19, but, man, what a strange season, but we got through it. it yeah, I mean, you got through it simply because the season ended, uh, Heckma, but, <laughs> I mean, these guys, it looked bad yesterday. Yesterday was terrible. It was it was it was embarrassing. It was it was the opposite of what you would have hoped to see um, on the field for this for a game of this caliber. You had guys that were out there. We talked about it on the post game show, Kyle. But guys were were getting literally drawn in. It's like it's like some you remember, remember the commercial where it had it had a little dollar bill like ooh you got to be quicker like they, like it was almost <laughs> like you guys had a dollar bill out there and they were like oh oh you want to fight okay here here grab this and uh, they just kept antagonizing us and guess what we were biting on it we were we were biting the bait we just kept going for it and we were getting emotionally irrational and getting penalties and doing dumb stuff Jamal you know Jordan Jordan Lewis headbutting a guy you know we got you know freaking you know the swipers swiping on on first down plays and all kinds of stuff guys are just doing stuff that was just out of the ordinary um we like you already said heckman we couldn't we couldn't stop a runny nose yesterday this i mean the defensive line you know with williams he did whatever the heck he wanted to and when we and when he was when he even when we didn't want to allow him to do something we just decided not to block him we just say hey you just run free you know run free and hit our quarterback take us out of you know good position on the field um guys were dropping balls Andy dalton couldn't throw something on the side of a barn offensive line couldn't hold up defensive line couldn't get pressure alden smith was standing straight up on his pass rushes and not giving full effort i mean it was bad all across the table um throw throw the whole game away and throw the whole season away the only good thing is kyle is that it had we won we would be even more angrier today, but I know we're going to get to that. Oh, my God. Yes, Lord. <laughs> oh, yeah, my God. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Now, uh, and, and I've got an opinion on that as well, and we'll talk about that, like I said, in the third segment because there is a lot of hypothetical around what happened in the NFC East yesterday as a whole. But I, I kind of want to take something you just talked about, Isaiah and Andy Dalton, and it seemed like the goal over the last four weeks, the final month of the season following that Baltimore game, I, this was the goal beforehand, but it wasn't executed well. But it was keep Andy Dalton upright. And it seemed like yesterday that was the first game since that Baltimore game where Andy Dalton didn't have time to throw, didn't feel comfortable in the pocket, really kind of saw legitimate pressure. And it was from a front seven that, at least going into the game, didn't scare you that much. And so... My question to you is, is was it a, a, a false screen? Was it just that, that veil over the eyes of the fact that we played Cincinnati and Philadelphia and, and won those games versus actually playing a, a team that wanted it more, a team that was ready to roll like New York yesterday? No, not at all. Um, we just didn't show up. And there's no no excuses. We just didn't show. It. We faced defensive lines that were substantially better than that. Yeah. We faced we have faced Agreed. some really good defensive lines this year. Baltimore, Cleveland, um, Atlanta. I mean, we faced some dogs out there now this year. So when we look at this matchup, yeah, it should have been easily handled. But guess what? It wasn't. 
And we know one thing about Andy Dalton. I love Andy Dalton, but guess what? Andy Dalton does not do well whenever he has pressure on him. He just doesn't. It's not something that he does. It's something that he has to work on, um, being able to overcome that that adversity. And he didn't do well yesterday, right? He got, he got a little bit of pressure, and you know, all of a sudden he throws inaccurately. His feet aren't moving as much. He got a little step on the hand. His hands jacked up, and guess what? You can see that that threw him off his game for about a series or two. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a lot of things that he had to work on. Um, but holistically, as a team, we we got punched in the mouth. It's like it's like we're fight, it's like we're facing doggone you know Lennox Lewis and Lennox Lewis came out and just popped us in the mouth and we were like oh wait a minute Lennox I didn't know you still you still had that in you um, yeah, and man. and it took us two quarters to to bounce back and we just didn't finish and aside from that I just felt like we came out flat too Isaiah absolutely uh, the, the the tempo wasn't there and it wasn't until they changed the tempo uh, on offense that you started to see the offense start to come together but you're right man um, it, it was from the beginning it was from the beginning and and. You know, the Giants had added that pressure on us that made Andy Dalton uncomfortable, but he just wasn't able to find those quick reads uh, that we became accustomed to seeing him do over the last couple of weeks. And uh, to me, in just looking at the scheme that the Giants were playing, they were in man a lot of times, which I thought was advantageous for us. And it wasn't until Andy Dalton decided to stop trying to elude the pressure and just go ahead and try and get it up in there and get us a first down that I thought that there was even any uh, motion to our offense and they pretty much said hey if you're going to be the one that beat us we're going to let you beat us and it was just points in time there were times in the game where Andy slid and I'm sure the concussion and everything else was on his mind but those were just plays where you say to yourself if Dak's in there Dak carries everybody to the end zone Mm. but I understand that's a conversation for another Mm. day it's a long offseason so I'm not going to even start that all right (laughs) yeah you know he uh the the worst play obviously that he had was was the interception at the end where yeah. you know give your give your give your offense one more chance you know yep. don't just chuck it up at the end and try to make a play and that's what he said afterwards um, I, I thought second half they got a little bit of tempo going they got into a little hurry up and and that that maybe shook them out of it a little bit and and the Giants were playing soft a little bit in their coverage and they, they were able to get some things going on the outside but first half man uh, you know. He had several balls that were contested that you could have argued could have been intercepted. Just, just off. Absolutely. I know. I, I know the weather wasn't good, and I know the protection wasn't great. But there were some throws he missed where he did have protection. Now he was sacked six six times. He was hit nine times. Mm. So I do think, while the Giants, from a personnel standpoint, like Isaiah, I agree with you. It, it, they face better fronts in terms of personnel. I do think their scheme is better than what they've seen defensively from the last three opponents. I think they, they challenge you. They give you different looks. And, yeah, they just didn't respond early. It was, it was like early in the season where these slow starts kind of make you play from behind. At least they didn't turn it over early. Uh, but then on the defensive side of the ball, you know, you want them to come out with emotion and not uh, not look flat. But, but there was too much emotion. Yep. Something about Nick Gates, their Giants guard, I, I don't know. He's like a pro wrestler cutting promos and after after plays or something, but he was really yeah. ticking guys off, and they lost their composure early. Yep. And, and one of those penalties, I think it was Gregory's late late yep. hit after hit over the pile huddle. Yeah, led to a touchdown. They they got away with Jordan Lewis's penalty, but but not Gregory's. Yeah, there was emotion yesterday, and, and even on the offensive side of the football. Really quick to wrap that up. I mean, if you take the third quarter out of it, 
then the rest of the game, it was stagnant. I mean, there was nothing. Uh, you, the third quarter was where Andy Dalton kind of found his rhythm, and then he got the hand stepped on, and then from then on out, it was a struggle to find any kind of rhythm. Uh, defensively, uh, that's where I kind of want to go right now, Rob, and, and you mentioned that emotion. Isaiah, I know you were all over that yesterday as well. You've been in big games before. We've we, The Cowboys at least with this current group, have not necessarily seen those big games as much. And if they have, they haven't been able to take advantage. Why is emotion so much of a, a, a bugaboo for this Cowboys organization? And, and we saw it again yesterday. I, I don't know why it's such a bugaboo, but I can tell you yesterday the lack of, of emotional intelligence. You guys have heard me refer to that here on the show before. Mm-hmm. Yesterday was a perfect example of it. If there was, if there, if you had to look it up in the dictionary of lack of emotional intelligence, that was it. That was a perfect display. And our guys were just unable to handle the task at hand. The, the Giants were successful at, what was it? Just think about like, what was it, uh, what's the old boy used to play for Detroit Pistons back in the day? Was it Lambrier or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Lambrier. Yeah, Lambrier. And you got like Dennis Rodman. Those guys, they just like kind of antagonists. Just, they just, <laughs> yeah. just pulling Rick on Mahorn. your jersey and just, they're yeah. just waiting for you, right? they just just making right. you mad the whole time. You just, they know that you're going to snap at some point in time. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what they did to us, but they did it in the first quarter. Like, yeah. how do you do it in the first quarter and they get you to respond like that? Like, we were literally responding like little boys on a pickup game on the field. You know what I'm saying? Out there, just out there in the playground. And like, there was no referees and there was nobody else watching. Like, no, there's, there's rules, there's parameters, what you can and can't do. And when you have emotional intelligence, you go ahead and chalk it up, right? Or you, quote unquote, you let somebody punk you for, for the greater good of the team. And then you say, you know what? I got you. When I come back, you know what I'm saying? When, when the, when the proper play allows for it, I'm going to bust you in your mouth or I'm going to embarrass him or route you up or I'm going to get a big catch on you or something like that. You don't go out there and you chin check somebody when they're not looking. You don't wait until, yeah, the old boy made a dirty play, uh, Gregory, but guess what? He was trying to get you to react that way. Mm-hmm. So what did Gregory do? He was, he didn't have a, he didn't have emotional intelligence. So guess what? He, I'm sticking up for my boy, my pride. Boom. Get off my boy. Guess what? You can't do that within the rules, buddy. You know that already. So. There's things that, yeah, guys would get you emotionally riled up, but you have to get them back legally. Yeah, I don't, I don't well, mind the, good. I don't mind the mindset behind Gregory defending his teammate. That's not the issue. It was the no, way that he jumped mindset. over yeah. the pile. Yeah. You want your guy Absolutely. to defend a guy. That's fine. Yeah. That's always going to be there, and you yeah. want that kind of fire. It was the fact that he jumped over a pile and shoved him off whenever he could have gone over and pulled him off and said some words to him. At that point, I know in the moment there's a lot of a lot of emotion, like I said, Heckma, and like Isaiah just kind of talked about. But you got to find a better way to control it. At this point, semantics, guys, because when you look at the way that they were playing up until that point, they were lifeless until number 65 started agitating them. And then you all of a sudden you see the defense start to all of a sudden play with the competitive anger that they needed Mm -hmm. to to be in this game. And. You know, they, they made Sterling Shepard look like Jerry Rice. Ooh, and, and, yeah. I mean, there were points in this game where you're asking yourself, okay, guys, uh, when did we uh, start to allow guys like this to just pop off on us? And, well, all year. Uh, and it's a reason for the fantasy points and all that. We've given up more points to wide receivers all year, more points to running backs all year. And that's why I say things that we did before came back to visit us and the Giants were able to just kind of bottle that up and show the world that, look, we hadn't really changed much. And, look, when I say competitive anger, I expected these guys to come out with the fire uh, because they knew what was at stake, but that didn't happen. And so for the Giants to then 
just bulldoze us uh, with their offensive line and defensive line. I mean, to me, like I said, you just frame that and that's your game. Yeah, you mentioned the plays in the passing game, heck, but, I mean, the run defense, it really, it never got considerably better this season. I know they're in a three-game stretch. Uh, the takeaways are what really galvanized them defensively. Yes, they, absolutely. They, but, they, but they, you know, and they finish, I think, with 12 in their last four games. And that's, four that's, games. That's, 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 really, that's really good. That leads, that leads the NFL over the last four games of the regular season. That's, that's impressive. But, you know, the run defense in the end, proved to be the biggest problem that they had defensively all year long. And I just looked it up. You know, I think they held two, oppo- two opponents under 100 yards. And, and, and they gave up 125 yesterday, gave up 48 rushing yards on the opening drive. And the first touchdown by Sterling Shepard, as you mentioned, Heck, was a reverse. And what, what have we said all year long? Uh, misdi- misdirection, thing, you know, motion in the backfield, those have been problems all year long. So, while there was improvement defensively this year late in the season, uh, there are still some core things that, that really ultimately proved to be the problem for them and, and why that they struggled so much overall. And, and, and Kyle, can I say that it, it wasn't ju- it wasn't just the the anger or the lack there of control of anger, uh, but it was also like the celebration. Like I, I don't know if I'm mm-hmm. the only one, but like the Jalen Smith, you're not the only continuous one. celebration. You're not the only one. As if he was the one, yeah. Like, as if he was the one making plays. Like, bro, you're 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 swiping on other people's plays, bro, and you're swiping when these guys got first downs. Like that to me is a lack of motion, of emotional intelligence as well. Because like, you do it, do your job. Just, 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 just do your job. You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are moving the moving the chains. Why are we celebrating? Why are we celebrating? These guys are moving the sticks on us as they please, and we're celebrating that. Like, no, you don't celebrate until you get a dog on big third down stop, and you see that punter running on the field. That's when you celebrate. Yeah, it's comical. Know. Fair, no, fair. It's comical. Fair. What I mean, it was we just it, it, jaws hit the floor. Whenever the first down happened, and then all of a sudden you saw fifty four come up and just swipe. And I, I, I know you're trying to build a brand, and I know that's really kind of your thing. But I mean, there's different times, different places, and that was definitely not one of them. Maybe he didn't think he got the first down. There's definitely excuses. And honestly, I think he took more accountability post game than he has all year long. So I respect him for that. But uh, it is it's frustrating from a Cowboys standpoint. It was also frustrating on game management yesterday. And Mike McCarthy was asked about it yesterday in terms of game management. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys presented by Geico, was it the right call not to challenge on the Pettish catch? We're going to talk about that and maybe some other game management hiccups yesterday in the Cowboys. 23-19 loss when we return on Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. 
Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys, and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, and whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and do what see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more. Essilor here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. And wanted to thank all of our sponsors throughout the year of kind of helping us have some fun a little bit with the reeds and bows and yep. Essilor and DraftKings and I mean all of them throughout the year it, it, Geico it's been so much fun kind of uh kind of messing around and, and and keeping things light whenever the sponsorship reads come around so I wanted to thank them and then we'll thank all the fans coming up here in a little bit because you guys are the ones that make this job fun and I will continue to say that for the rest of time because I, I think it's so much fun interacting with fans we're gonna thank you guys at the end of the show but we're gonna thank you right now by talking about what happened yesterday kyle yeomans isaiah stanback rob phillips heckma harrison and man it, it was frustrating from just a performance-based standpoint yesterday offense defense i'll throw special teams in there special teams kind of did their job but it was it was frustrating from a baseline performance standpoint but whenever you look at the game management from the coaching staff yesterday, I thought it was one of the more poorly managed games this season. Uh, Heckma, did you think that same case uh, about the way Mike McCarthy kind of handled some of those situations? And we'll get to that challenge call here in a moment, but what did you think overall? You know, I remember last year, we always were on Jason Garrett about situational awareness. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the pet peeves of the fan base. And it just seemed like it got ugly in in this game, especially with the Pettis uh, challenge and the the lack thereof uh, of a challenge. And it just, you know, all of those things combined. And when it comes down to a football game and the way that you evaluate it is there are so many other things that happen within a football game that make your demise at the end, you know, a realistic. Uh, but, you know, red zone, inefficiency, a lot of those things, the play calling was just, man, it's as bad as I've seen it. Um, but, you know, our offensive line didn't give us much. But for me, it obviously was the lack of challenging because, boy, I tell you, in Green Bay, boy, he was quick on the challenge with that mm-hmm. dance catch. When he went <laughs> quick on the challenge, <laughs> I was like, come on, do what you do, Mike. And Mike didn't do it, so and people are definitely upset about it. But I've, I've heard him say that it was a bang bang situation, and he just didn't have time to evaluate whether he was going to throw it or not. Rob, 
Yeah, that's exactly what he said. That and and he doubled down on it when he was pressed about not only that call, but um, you know he's been questioned about game management stuff since week one. You know, fourth yeah. quarter against the Rams, he decided to go for it and throw to C.D. Lamb, and they didn't get it. Instead of kicking a field goal, and they lost the game by three. So uh, you can point to things throughout the season where it didn't go right, and so he's questioned. And, and obviously, you know, Thanksgiving, the fake punt, uh, that that will go down in history, <laughs> that one in particular. But um, you know, I, I at first I thought he uh, um, Pettis had it, and then when Mike Pereira is on the Fox broadcast saying. Had they challenged it, they probably would have gotten it overturned. Mm -hmm. It definitely was a questionable call. Now, I understand it's a one-score game and you want to preserve your timeouts, but I was surprised he didn't challenge it. And ultimately, look, you know, you're driving at first and goal at the giant seven inside of two minutes, and instead of kicking a field goal to, to, to win the game, you're trying to score a touchdown. So it was a huge play in the game, no question. You know, we hit on this yesterday, Kyle. Oh, I mean, Rogers did a heck of a job kind of recapping the bad decisions that have transpired over the whole year. Um, he's had an issue. I don't know if it was a year off or, or he's just trying to instill confidence in his players or what. I'm not sure really what's going on, but that, that was one of the many bad, uh, decisions that he, that he made this year as a game manager. Um, being the, being a guy who, who gives the okay for plays to go through or flags to come out or not. He, the, the the point of the matter is he said, oh, well, you know, we had three timeouts and it was a very, very close game. So obviously those timeouts are precious. Well, obviously possessions are precious. Uh, you talk about well, yeah. it, was, it, it was inconclusive, you know, so I couldn't really tell if he cut it or not. Isn't that why we challenge? Don't we yeah. challenge when we can't tell? Um, <laughs> so there, every, every, from my perspective, every reason that he gave as to why he did not challenge is why he should have challenged. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was, I was, tor- I was torn a little bit, obviously, because Pettis is a UW guy, you know, but, <laughs> um, but aside from that, um, you know, it was, it was a close play. It was a close play. And yes, it's a bang, bang, but guess what? Bang, bang, throw your flag so that you can get an opportunity to get the ball back because that was just too important. They guys, those guys got the first down and obviously what? Game change. If they don't get that first down and guess what? They're trying to kick something, right? So, or, you know, or punt. They're actually, they're out of field goal range. They're trying to punt. So big, big opportunity missed. Uh, and yes, we can scrutinize him on the back end all day long, but I can oh, truly man. say, Throw the dog on flag. Mm-hmm. The game is too close. The game was too important for you to decide whether that was a catch or not. So, and I and thought, you know, I thought Hellman made up a good point on Twitter during the game that you know college gets it right. College reviews yeah. all this stuff, and you don't put the coaches in a position to have to do it. But you know, that's part of the game. That's part of part of the job description. And and when you're on the road, you don't get much help in terms of video replay from the opposing stadium. No, so, no, no. you know, that heck, that's part of it, too. But but you got to you got to make the decision in the moment and uh, we'll never know. But I think they certainly would have had a chance to get it reversed. Kind of a value. That's what, that's what you guys are talking about. And just let me say this. I think I said what you're saying is the responsibilities incumbent of the position. You know, it's your job to do that. When you see something that's out, that you that drive, that catch right there is a the difference between them, a 60 yard uh, field goal or, or whatever it was going to be at that time. You place your your ball club in, in a really bad position by not challenging. And we talk about the analytics of football and all of that, not going for two and all the situational things. It just felt like yesterday, all of those things failed Mike McCarthy well whenever it, it, it came down to what Mike McCarthy said after 
after the game in terms of the timeouts being valuable in a low-scoring game like that where, I mean, your offense is struggling to put points on the board, aren't points a little bit more valuable than the tur- or than the timeouts, especially at that point? Because even if it's a 50-50, they get it, they don't get it. And I think it was more than 50% chance the Cowboys were going to have that call overturned if he would have thrown the challenge yeah. flag. I, I, I absolutely think it was way more than 50 and even if it was a 50-50 chance, I think the risk-reward was much greater throwing that challenge flag. I think if this was week one, it would be a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a pass. A little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. Because you don't hmm. know what your team can do. You don't know where you're at team-wise. You know your team struggles in the red zone. You know that. And if any possibility that you could keep that game within a field goal is on the board you got to figure out how to do it and that was what that was that was a chance to keep it within a field goal and it ended up making it a four-point game and the Cowboys needed a touchdown guess what happened they went down got into the red zone threw an interception and thus there was the end of the ball game so I'm just saying at that point situational awareness you got to keep it within three points because you know how your offense struggles in the red zone you're already seeing that your, your offense has been stagnant against this Giants defense and Rob they just couldn't figure out a way to score points you got to take advantage of not putting points up on the board yeah and in terms of you know it's got to be conclusive evidence right if if it's going to go to review so but to me it was different than you know the Wayne Gallman fumble at the end which you know the season ends on a butt recovery I mean <laughs> how fitting is that but catch the egg right Right, but like at least on, on that one, and that obviously went straight to review, but you know, you wouldn't challenge that one because if it's challenged, then the officials would have to determine based on a pile where you can't see anything that, oh yeah, the Cowboys got it. And, and so that, that, you know, when you're watching that replay, it's like there's, to me anyway, there's serious question of did he trap, trap the ball with the ground, you know? And, and so, but again, it, it does come down to what's a catch in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, since Dez, the Dez catch in 2015, I still don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> officials are going to call play-to-play, uh, play, game-to-game. So uh, there's that at least. See, my, 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 my issue, fellas, with that call, and I know we're probably going to be done with this here in a second, but my issue with that call was if that was just a regular first down, I don't challenge. I don't challenge. Regular first down. But a first down that takes them from a punt to a potential to a field, field goal, goal. Right. Sounds. That's where you challenge. Had, had, it, had it been further back, had it been all the way back on the 30 or something like that, 20 or 30, guess what? I don't have a problem with you, not so much, right? Eh, I don't go ahead. Let them let them have it, right? We still have a chance to play defense. If they don't, if this call gets overturned, they punt. That is a change of possession. That's where the that's yeah. where the weight of this call, or the no call was, mm-hmm. the no the no throw, right? He didn't throw the red flag. That's where the weight of this was at, because of the fact he did not challenge. He gave them an opportunity to get the first down, mm-hmm. right? Well, and not only first down, put that and put points into it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But when you could, you had opportunity to get the ball back. You had opportunity to get mm-hmm. the ball back, and that's where the, that's why everybody's looking at this so seriously. Yeah, it wasn't. What, a f- hey, what'd you guys think about the? I was go gonna, ahead, let me sorry. yeah let me go ahead and clarify this real quickly. It wasn't a first down on the play. It was third and sixteen, and he gained about twelve. Yeah, sorry, yeah. gained about twelve, and yeah, that yeah, but twelve put yards him put him in the field goal range for a fifty-yard attempt. So if you don't yeah. gain the twelve, it's right. a sixty-two-yard field goal versus a fifty-yard field Absolutely. goal, and it was nailed from yeah. fifty yards out. Go ahead, Rob, as to what you were saying. 
Oh uh, well, I, speaking of you know game management, I just wanted to see what you guys thought about the two point non-two-point decision midway through the third quarter where it, it becomes a 20-15 to 15 game and they elect to kick the extra point instead of going for two. And Mike said it was too early in the game. And honestly, on that one, at the time, I'm thinking, well, I've watched a lot of football and I, usually that's what coaches do. They don't, they don't mm-hmm. try to chase the points too early. I, I don't know. What do you guys thought about that one? That that didn't bother me so much. Yeah. That that didn't that didn't really bother me. What bothered me is when we get down to the red zone and we're going going empty sets. That yeah. bothers me because we're obviously having a problem blocking that game. We're obviously having a problem keeping our quarterback upright. So why are we going to take one of the league's best blocking running backs out of that situation to protect him and or potentially run the ball? I know Zeke wasn't running; he was really playing hurt. But you know, he's a good blocker. You know, so 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 what? Why do we take him out of that situation? And then, oh, by the way, ah, oh, the guy who's been sacking us all day. How about we just don't block him? Yeah, yeah. Wide open. That's, yeah. No, none of, none of that worked for us, man. And and hope just isn't a strategy. And hoping that somebody realizes that, oh, he's coming off the edge. Hey, Terrence Steele, you may want to block that guy. But Terrence, you know, obviously the protection, and I've read up that, you know, the protection was what it was. That was his responsibility. But back to what you were saying, Rob, you know, look, we've been a part of so many of these decisions where we are asking ourselves, well, why are you going for two now? We've become accustomed to those kinds of decisions. And yeah. when you don't do it, you, you, you find yourself kind of bewildered, like, okay, this is a situation where you would point to your analytics in going for two now versus worrying about it later. It really, for me, look, it, it didn't, it didn't, wasn't a game breaker. It wasn't the thing that I said at the end was the reason why we won no. or lost the game. I just felt as though, look, man, here, here, you, finally you're getting that momentum. Go for it now versus waiting for it later. But still, you know, the, it, 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 it was what it was. There were plenty of decisions. There were plenty of plays throughout the game. Throughout the season, that's the reason that the Cowboys are not in the playoffs. I mean, it wasn't just one play here, one play there. There was a compounding struggle all the way through week one through 17, and we saw that. That's why week 17 was a microcosm of the entire 2020 season, because it looked the same throughout, and the struggles continued to compound as the season went along. So when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, as always presented by Geico, we're going to talk about what the Cowboys need to fix biggest impact spots on this roster and on this team going into the offseason. We're going to fix the Cowboys when we come back here on Talking Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda Ah, uh, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. 
where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to talking Cowboys. It is the final regular season segment of Talking Cowboys, presented by Geico. And, well, you know, in order to do that, whether you're listening to Talking Cowboys, or you're tr- setting those fantasy draft lineups on DraftKings and things of the sort, you can experience audio at a whole new level with Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds, the official earbuds of the Dallas Cowboys. Heckma, what do those Bose Quiet Comfort earbuds sound like up there? Kyle, it sounds like a symphony in your brain. Wow, in the brain, not even in the head this time. Wow, that's that's impressive. In the brain. In, in your brain. The brain. In the brain. Well, we've been talking a lot about the brain here over the last couple of uh couple of moments and decisions that were made, were not made, and I want to talk about one more here in our final segment and I don't want to end talking about Philadelphia, so I'm going to say it really quickly. We're going to talk about it real fast and then we'll we'll fix the Cowboys for everybody. But Wow. Uh, Last night, um, uh, Washington, Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field, they sit Jalen Hurts in a one-score game in the second half and seemingly tank the season away and tank the matchup with Washington. New York's upset. NFL is upset. What did you guys think about that, Rob, about the decision that Doug Peterson made to sit down Jalen Hurts in what was kind of a crazy turn of events in an NFC East battle? I thought of you. Oh. I thought of you great. right away. That makes because, me feel great about myself. <laughs> because, because, like, Peterson said after the game that, uh, you know, I was coaching to win. I wanted to get Sudfeld some snaps for next season if they need him. Okay, fine. You know, but, look, he's getting ripped, and it's, it's even, even if it's just the perception of tanking, right? That's the perception <laughs> by, by a lot of mm-hmm. people. That's why that, you thought of Kyle. That's <laughs> why I thought of Kyle, because... That's what Team Tank gets you. It gets you a lot of a lot of criticism, and a, and I'm sure a lot of players on the Eagles didn't like it either. I know Jason Kelsey's comments a few weeks back about you play to win. It was basically Herm Edwards channeled through Jason Kelsey, heck, and so uh, I, it was just wild. I mean, uh, Collinsworth and and Al Michaels didn't know what to say. No, I mean they were, they were literally didn't know what to say. They sounded beside themselves no. up in the booth, Heckma. Now, Dougie P, what you did, man, that should be against the law, man. And I'm just happy. <laughs> I, I, I'm just happy it wasn't us last night, you know, wanting these Furious. guys to get a win. I would have walked to Philly, man. I couldn't. <laughs> I just didn't. I really did not believe that they did. And, and when it happened in real time, I, I was just like, wow, this mm-hmm. is this is criminal. How can you know, get yeah. on Goodell, get on line one, get, you know. Call this guy and tell him, no, bro, you can't do this on national television. And he did it. <laughs> Cried through tears in a bucket. Uh, 
I would never go compete for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Never as a player. Had I had I still been in the league and had an opportunity to go play there, that would be a team that I would not go play for. Uh, simply because that that display yesterday, it, I, the only only time you would ever do that is if you're playing against like your little brother, mm-hmm. and you want to build his confidence up, right? So you don't want to hurt his feelings. So guess what? You let him win. Right? I let you win today, right? But the fact that That's they crazy. sat, the fact that they sat nine of their best players. The fact that they were in a competitive game where Jalen Hurts was doing all right, and they guess what? He had already scored, and oh, by the way, uh, you're only down by three points. Oh, let me pull him out. Oh, yeah, I just want to get this guy some reps. B to the S. If you want to mm-hmm. get him some reps, if you wanted to protect all your players from next year, Jalen Hurts would have never been in the game, player. He would have yeah. never played. He would have never Agreed. stepped on the field. And that's what really sh- shocked me was that I think I said it during the week, like they – if Carson Wentz isn't going to play, then you need to get every look at Jalen Hurts that you possibly can for next season because there's a chance Carson Wentz, they maybe move on from him. And if he's your guy, which I think he probably will be, like let him get some reps and give him, let him continue to build some confidence before the season ends. That was just shocking. So yeah. I want to preface this, this opinion of my own based off of the fact that I don't agree that uh, of what Doug Peterson did, I think it was it was BS. I think it was something that is spineless. If if anything, from a Good coaching staff, I don't agree with that at all. I will say though, New York what? and the, the 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 Giants fans that are upset. And everybody, even Ooh. Giants players that are upset, I know that sucks. It really does. It's not fun. However, win more than six games. Don't put yourself in that situation to have another team control your destiny. Yeah. That's my thing. I mean, that, yeah. I might not have said it, that same I, thing with the Cowboys. I would have been just as upset. I'm right there with you. Sports fandom is a thing. <laughs> However, win more than six games, then you can kind of start whining a little bit more about uh, a team tank. I I agree. However, I think people are more angry about the end. I don't. I don't. I, obviously, the Giants are angry that they're not going to the playoffs. They're sure. furious, right? Yeah. Obviously, very, very much. They should. They, they should be. However, on on, a, on another level, I feel like they're actually more angry about the integrity of the game. I agree. That's it. I agree. It's it's it's, it's about a, like everybody that's what in, I'm this, angry in this game. About. That's what a, anybody that whether, yeah, whether that's a football have, fan should be angry. Yeah, about. whether. Whether you whether you have a good team or whether you you have an amazing team, everybody's a freaking competitor in this no league now, right? Whether you're whether you're swiping or whether you're going on about the next play, <laughs> everybody is a competitor, right? And so the, this was the least competitive thing that you ever can do, and everybody understands nah, that I at the that. same level. Everybody that steps on this field has a respect of the other man, no matter how good or bad you are. Simply because, guess what? I know that you compete. You're one of you're one of one percent. Right, you're you're one percent of one percent of the world that's doing this. So guess what? I know you're competitive. What that what they just showed yesterday? I don't want any part of it. Nope. What Collinsworth I, said at the end of the game, I, I turned to my wife and I, I said, "He's like in my head right now." It was like a symphony in my head. Heck, <laughs> when he when he said, he said, "Could you imagine?" Kind of to your point, heck, could you imagine if the Cowboys were in the Giants situation last night? The conspiracy theories about. How the Eagles mm-hmm. just didn't want the Cowboys to make the playoffs and all that is a little less with the Giants because that the, that rivalry is not quite the same. But it would man, have been that was abundant. Weird. It would have been all over the place if if that was the case and the Cowboys were the ones on the losing side of it. Now we've got four minutes left in the show. I'll give you guys four minutes. We're going to go a little bit over. Sorry, Chris Beam. You do fantastic work in the back. Uh, I want you to fix the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> 
And one, I want you to fix the Dallas Cowboys. What is the biggest impact need for the Cowboys going into this offseason? We're going to start with you, Isaiah, on this one. Where do the Cowboys start this offseason as to getting back into contenders in 2021? I think they got they have to fix the defensive line. I think I think our offensive line gets healthy, but I think they have to fix the interior defensive alignment. Uh, you have to fix the interior defensive alignment. You need one more linebacker. Yeah. And and you need one more solid corner. That honestly, you need to get a shutdown corner. If you can pick up a shutdown corner in free agency, I think you'll be good. Um, and obviously, if we can get some help at safety, but I think you work your way up. You go D line, linebacker, safety, and good corner safety. Ekma, Isaiah, I agree with everything that you just said. Um, for me, for the front office and the coaches, I want these guys to go through an unrelenting evaluation process with every player on this roster. Mm-hmm. They have got to find their dogs. They've got to find them, right? They've got to find the guys that are going to put it on the line and be dialed in each and every game. Not the guys that's talking about, I don't play hard every snap. Not those guys, right? They need to find the guys. And this whole plug-and-play mentality that any guy can be a part of your, you know, with our offensive line, you could put anybody in there and do your job. That's disrespectful. That's disrespectful to the guys that were before them because obviously that don't work either, right? But Mm -hmm. they have to evaluate these guys from top to bottom. As an organization, we have got to get back to playing winning football. However we do that, right? However we do that, they, you know, show Emmitt Smith running in in, in week 18 in 1993 with a bum shoulder. And you look at all the names that are out there, but we don't have a a shadow of that talent right now. So get back to it. Let's find it. I know that it was in the 1900s, uh, but still, we need to get back to our winning ways. Yeah, um, get Dak Prescott healthy. Yep. Dak gets healthy and, and get him signed. Get him signed because um, the, the, the salary cap is going to loom over this offseason. You know, we don't, we, the Cowboys don't know what it's going to be. They don't know right now what they have to work with because of all the revenue lost due to the, due to the pandemic. So, um, you know, if he's franchised, it's like $38 bucks. If, if you get a long-term deal done, I, I assume you can probably structure it in a way where that you can lessen that a little bit. And that's I say that because of what you guys said. Like they need help in, in a lot of spots, particularly on defense. And I just wonder how much you know financial resources they're gonna have to really do that uh, because of the strain with the cap this year. So the draft is gonna be absolutely huge. And then what can you do in free agency with with a little bit of wiggle room? Um, because yeah, defensively, I think you point what, what Isaiah pointed to, what Heck pointed to, a lot of spots have to be looked at and addressed. Rob, really quickly, what is the date that the Cowboys can start talking again with Dak Prescott? I I believe it's once the season ends. So I, today, I think you can get back to the table now. I yeah, I, it, yeah, because you can't you can't <laughs> once it. once that Do July fifteenth <laughs> date ends you can't talk until the season ends so i believe that's the case yes okay i just wanted to make sure i thought that was the case and and i i I think you're correct on that one as well but i agree with heckman i think you have to go through every single one of these players defense offense doesn't matter and evaluate where their heart is where their their mindset is going into this offseason to find the type of players that you need to be a contender because uh, i agree we're not there yet and and you see that six and ten it's six and ten there's no way to dress it up and make it look like it 
anything better than what it is. But 10 losses in a season, double digits, not there. We would have said the same thing if it were 7-9 to nine and you somehow found a way into the NFC East playoffs, it, it, or the NFL playoffs, rather, out of the NFC East, fine. But it, it's still a lot of lack of talent on this roster. And I, I just hope the Cowboys go into the offseason with a clear-eye view of, of where they, they are talent-wise and hope they fix that uh, just overall whenever it comes to uh, – <laughs> player evaluation anyways that's gonna do it for us on talking cowboys but wanted to take take a moment and thank every single one of you guys that have tuned in over this entire season you guys are fantastic you guys are so much fun and it it makes our jobs fun i mean we get up in the morning early and and watch film and uh, prepare for this show and and all sorts of stuff and it's fun because we know uh what we're waiting for whenever these shows comes or come around and we we have a blast we really do and uh i mean i want to thank you guys as well heckma Rob, Isaiah, Chris, I mean, you guys are fantastic. Thank you for uh, making my job easier by being awesome yourselves. And it really is a blast getting to to work with you guys, and I'm excited to go into the offseason. And we're going to continue to fix this Cowboys roster together, gentlemen. We appreciate you, young Luke Skywalker. Yes. It's been a blast. Let's do it Mondays now going forward. Yes, sir. Yeah. CBZ, thank you very much, CBZ. And uh, thank you guys for letting me win the uh, the projections this year. For, oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Appreciate you, guys. That's not officially that done, so we'll we'll give our final standings <laughs> next week. So we'll, we'll give our final standings next week whenever the Monday night games stick around. But I think you're out of that one, Isaiah. Sorry about you. But... <laughs> Well, guys, uh, by the way, for those of you listening, we are on Mondays, 1130. It'll be an hour-long show, 1130 to 1230, starting next Monday. But that's it for us this week on Talking Cowboys. That's it for us in the 2020 season. 2021 is here. Let's go win a Super Bowl in 2021. How about that, gentlemen? Let's go on a run in the next season and figure things out. There's a long way to go for it. But for Chris Beam, for Rob Phillips, for Heckma Harrison, and Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeomans. One final time saying so long here from Talking Cowboys presented by Geico. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!